0: Welcome to Yahoo Stories, the podcast that brings your creative writing to life. This week, Kay Snow brings us The Diary of Primrose Goldie Gold, read to you by Meghlyn Etchkinwoke. And remember, you can help us fight COVID 19 in Africa by following the link in the description and donating to Geneco. diary. It's my 10th birthday today and my friends are coming over to my party soon. I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell them what's happened today. It's been such an amazing adventure. It was raining all night last night. It was so heavy that it sounded like the air was hissing. My mum said that when I was little, and I mean really little, I used to get upset and ask her why the sky was crying when it rained. So last night it must have been really distraught. I learned that word in school the other day. Come along, children. It means to be very worried and upset. I remember it because English is my favourite subject. I love English. And my English teacher, Mrs. Spooner, I always pay attention to her. She's really nice.
1: I love you. So,
0: anyway, there are puddles everywhere today. The lawn looks like a soggy green sponge. When I walked across it, it made loud squelching noises, which were really funny. <laughs> it sounded like the noises my baby brother used to make right before Mum had to change his nappy. Ew! My footprints stayed in the grass for ages. I imagined they were Bigfoots. I'd love to spot him. I pretended to be a hunter and hid behind a large oak tree at the bottom of the garden and waited to see him. Yeti, I'm gonna catch you. <laughs> As I waited, a shimmering rainbow appeared and dove straight into one of the puddles. Then something crawled out of the water. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was so fast that I didn't know whether it was coming or going. It zipped across the lawn, this way and that, in a bright green blur. Then back again to the puddle and splish! It jumped in and disappeared, the rainbow along with it. I ran out behind the tree and poked the puddle with a stick, but there was nothing only stones and lots of mud. Once the wobbly effect of the water had stopped, I could see me and my hair. I hate my hair. It's short, straight and quite flat, but there's a big tuft that sticks out to the side. If it were on top of my head, it would look just like a cockatiel. My mum said, it's been that way since I was a baby. I was born with a full head of hair, and within a few hours of my birth, the stupid tuft sprang up. And it's never gone down since. She's always spraying it with water from a bottle that smells like rosemary. I know it's rosemary because we had rosemary chicken last Sunday for lunch. It was yummy. Anyway, she sprays my hair with it, in front of people too. Like, even in the supermarket. It's so embarrassing. Then she gets out a hanky and sort of tries to iron down my tufty bit, which works for a few seconds, but then it springs back out again. I honestly don't know why she bothers. When I start to moan that people are watching, she shushes me and tells me that we must always look our best, Goldie. Even though my real name is Primrose, she calls me Goldie most of the time because my hair is the colour of gold. When I grow up, I'm going to be a hairdresser. And dye it. Maybe I'll perm it too. Cut out the cockatiel flick thing. I did that once. And my mum went berserk. We didn't go to church the following day because she felt embarrassed about what the vicar would think. And because she didn't want to miss church two times in a row, she made me wear one of her headscarves. It was an orange one with lots of white polka dots on it. All the grown-ups said how cute and adorable I looked. But I was so embarrassed. I couldn't wait to get home, take it off and hide it, so I'd never have to wear it again. Ever. After a while, I began to get bored of staring at myself, so I made my way back towards the tree. That was when the bright green blur thing buzzed out from behind it. I say buzz because it was as fast as a fly. Faster even. Then it stopped and laughed at me and said You have to believe it to make it work work. (laughs) That's when it buzzed up close to me It was a little man I looked down at his smiling face And he looked up at my confused one He was tiny He only came up to just below my knee And I am super small for my age He was dressed in all green A jacket trousers and a hat that kind of flopped down to one side. I could see short brown hair poking out from under it. He had on brown boots that his pants were tucked into and a thick brown belt with a big brass buckle that looked like the colour of my hair. His jacket had lots of tiny brown buttons up the middle that fastened it together and was carrying hoops of rope that were slung across his shoulder. You have to believe in them to make them work, he repeated. What? I replied. Believe in what? You can't just jump into a puddle portal and expect it to work for you, he said. Puddle portal, I said. That was when he explained it to me. He said that the reflection on the surface of the puddle is the destination, so his people, the little people, call them Destiflections. The puddle is a portal which they call puddle portals. He said they use these puddle portals to travel anywhere they wanted to go in the world. He explained it using some bigger words that I can't remember now, but when I do remember, I'll write them down and ask Missus Spooner what they mean at school on Monday. I remember that he got very excited when he used the word universe. He said they travel between time too. He told me to stare into the puddle's reflection and concentrate hard on where I wanted to go then, when the image of that place appeared in the puddle, all I had to do was jump in and I'd be at the place my mind had created. Wow. So I tried it. First, I thought very hard about Bigfoot. Then I started thinking about fairies, <laughs> unicorns, and wizards. How fantastic! would it be to see a real-life wizard? Shazam! I jumped and opened my eyes to find I was still in my garden with Greer. That's what he said his name was. He was laughing at me and all the muddy water from the puddle I jumped into rolled down my face and on my dress, my party dress. My mum was so angry about the dirt when I came running inside to tell her about my adventure wouldn't listen and sent me straight to the bath which is why I'm still in my dressing gown now. My dress is in the washing machine on a super fast wash and dry cycle. I hope it's ready in time for my party. Anyway, back to where we were in the garden. Gweer said again, You have to believe, Primrose, truly. Then he looked up into the puddle and jumped in. Greer was in fits of laughter, because now I was dirtier and wetter than before. I tried to clean the mud off my dress with grass, but that just made it worse. Ah! Uh-huh. Now, Greer said when he stopped laughing, try again. So I closed my eyes again, and this time I thought of the most bestest, brightest, most perfect, list of places I could. When I opened my eyes, there in the puddle was my desk deflection. I was so excited I shrieked and I jumped in and disappeared into my destiflexion. I was there for hours and hours. I'd forgot all about my party, but when I got back, Greer told me I'd only been gone for a few minutes. Oh, it's time to come downstairs now. Come on, come downstairs. Diary. Mum is calling me. My dress is clean and dry now. She says my friends will be here any second. After the party, I'm going to tell you all about the amazing adventure I had in my desterflexion. Goldie, this is your last morning. Hand downstairs now. Bye for now. Love, Primrose Goldie Gold. Thank you so much for listening to The Diary of Primrose Goldie Gold, a short story written by Kay Snow, read for you by me, Megalyn Echikunwoke. Please follow the link in the description to donate £5 or $5 to Geneco to support their COVID-19 prevention efforts in Nigeria. Thank you.
1: Hello, my name is Afuma Yama, and I am the co founder and CEO of Jinko. What you hear is the sound of women in the town of Enuhu celebrating the opening of a new maternity center that Jinko built so that they can receive the high quality care they deserve during pregnancy. Jinko's mission is to save and transform lives in Africa, along with helping vulnerable pregnant women. We also perform complex hip and knee replacements and minimally invasive surgeries in Nigeria. Through our David Ayelowo Leadership Scholarship for Girls, we provide full tuition, medical care, and social support for young female victims of terrorism and gender inequality. As COVID-19 takes fatal hold in Nigeria, we are proud to be one of the few charities fighting the pandemic at the grassroots level. We are donating tens of thousands of gloves, face masks, soap, sanitizer, and disinfectant to hundreds of nurses and traditional birth attendants. We are also training these heroic frontline healthcare workers on how to protect themselves, their pregnant patients, and newly delivered babies from the virus. And we haven't forgotten about impoverished school children quarantined in their villages with no means of mental stimulation. No smartphones, no computers, no access to school lessons or reading materials. So we are donating tablets preloaded with hundreds of books to students all across Nigeria. Your donation of $5 or five pounds makes all of this work possible. Thank you for helping us to keep these beautiful songs of joy and hope alive.